At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Now, if you look back at how the stock market has behaved and performed over the past you know, year or so, it should be pretty obvious that investors need to be able to adjust to market dynamics and the countless economic and geopolitical variables that affect the stock market. Here is what you must also realize. The business of sound investing in the stock market requires that we look forward, not backward, Of course, we take our lessons from what has already transpired. We take those lessons. But then we look forward and apply what we have learned in the future, what we think is going to happen. The reason means because all other investors and investors, uh, all investors, mutual funds, everybody does the same thing, and they are the ones who drives the market. So you have to look forward. Okay? If you want to grow your assets, you've got to look forward. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy and decisions. In fact, I always look forward to doing the Invest Talk podcast. And of course, I look forward to talking to you, answering questions. And that's what this is, is a call-in show that you call and ask any financial questions you like. And for those who might be new to Invest Talk, we will always provide unbiased, straight answers. That's our that's that's our goal. We have no agenda to pursue. We're not trying to push you anywhere or do anything or buy anything. We don't push any products or any ideas onto you. And of course, you know we we've noticed that the investing situation in today's stock market is very different than it was a few years ago. You need to understand it's different than it was for decades where interest rates consistently fell and went to eventually zero during the COVID years, right? So if you look back, go from COVID backwards, you'll see that the interest rate, the federal funds rate, their various rates, all they did was go down for years, a couple decades, even longer, down, Okay. Now we're looking at interest rates are rising. It's a very different environment. And we saw the change starting last year when the market started to not perform and it went down. It corrected. And we're still, the Fed's meeting right now. We're going to see another raise in interest rates, probably a quarter point. That's what most experts are saying and writing, and that probably is true. You're going to see another quarter point rise in interest rates. Yes, the Fed has slowed down their pace of raising interest rates, but they're not stopping. Well, how long do you think it's going to take them to reduce interest rates again? Remember, we're in an inflationary environment. Also, I was talking to Justin the other day. The government, the, our federal government, 
wants inflation. It wants it. Don't think that they're fighting inflation to get rid of it. No way. They want it. And they probably, for the Fed, will probably for higher interest rates. I know the president and most Congress do. Why? Because we're so much in debt, they want to inflate their way out of that debt. They want inflation to make our dollars worth less. So in the future, all that borrowed money, they can pay back with less valuable money. So they want inflation. It works to their advantage. At the same time, they want economic growth. And sometimes you can't have both at the same time. Many times you can't have both at the same time. So think in those terms. Change your thinking. They're not going to lower interest rates significantly. I, I just don't feel that happening. They're not. Okay? So we have to learn that. We have to change our perspective. It's changed. Things have changed. Okay. Now, remember, this is a call-in show. I, you know... You, the investor, we need to apply all these lessons and all this knowledge judiciously in order to make more and to make more money and to avoid losses or at least try to mitigate our losses. You're never going to avoid them 100%. You can't. But you got to be disciplined in your approach to investing. That's all. We can do that. In other words, today I will lead another lesson on how to shape your thinking in order to be more successful at investing. That's the goal. And, of course, I encourage you to participate. How do you do that? With your finance and investment questions. And here's the number, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So you can call right now. My focus point today, we always have a focus point every day, don't we? And what is my focus point today? It's about uh, it's about one billionaire investors is sounding the alarm, and it's the same alarm I have been sounding for some time, for several months. And it's not the vice chairman at Berkshire Hathaway, Charlie Munger. Okay, he sees trouble trouble in the financial system because American banks are full of bad loans due to falling property prices. Talking about commercial real estate. Okay? And, you know, since it is Tuesday, we're going to have our, we, you know, we have our um, uh, trivia question. I'm sorry, I drew a blank there for a second. Our trivia question we always have on Tuesday, so we'll have that. We also have some voice bank questions to play, play uh, Fair Value and SCCO, that's Southern Copper Corporation. We'll be talking about that. And I might also be able to fit in a iTunes review question. So that's what we're going to talk about. I got a bunch of other stuff that I have that I wrote down. Job openings report came out. I want to talk about that. Banks are still a problem. I don't know if you saw this, but J.P. Morgan took over a bank, and they didn't take it over because they wanted to. Their arm was twisted by the government. So banking is still a problem. And worker skills, the worker skills gap is very, very large. So what is, what is needed? What do corporations need? So there's like 10 things that they're looking for. Maybe we can go through that before the end of the show. Remember, it's a call-in show. It's time for you to call. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. The market, the Dow was down 367 points. The NASDAQ was down 132. And the SP down was down 48. You notice how choppy the market is? Pretty choppy. Pretty choppy.
Okay, let's go ahead and start with our first voice call. Hi there, Justin or Steve. I'm looking to get your thoughts on Twilio, ticker T-W-L-O. It's gotten beaten up pretty bad being in the tech sector the last year or two. I'm looking to hold for three plus years. The stock forecasts online are showing very positive things, but I really want to get Invest Talks input. Thanks in advance. Bye. Okay, this uh, Twilio symbol is T-W-L-O. Uh, it's headquarters out of San Francisco. provides a cloud-based platform that enables developers to build, scale, and operate real-time communications. Okay? Uh, they've lost money for years and years and years. Uh, made some money in 2019, 2020. Lost money in 2021, 2022. Uh, next year, they're supposed to make $1.26. They're going to lose $0.15 cents a share in 2022. We still haven't got the – well, we did get the final numbers. So they lost $0.15. Cents. And the estimate for this year is $1.26 earnings. Next year, $1.90. And you would say, well, that looks pretty good because the sales are pretty good. Most recent quarter is growth in sales, 22%. Before, the growth in sales was much higher, but that's still pretty strong. But it's a $50 stock. They're going to make $1.90. So it's not cheap. It's a lot cheaper than it used to be. I mean, it used to be $340 to $400 a share. Now it's $50. So it's gotten really, really cheap. Remember, it was $350, dollars $400 a share and really wasn't making much money or if any money at all. Now it's going to make money next year. And here it has been falling off a high of around 70 or so down to 50 and the low, a recent low is down to 40. I'd probably wait. I, I wouldn't be anxious because growth stocks don't do well in a rising interest rate environment. And that's why all last year tech got hit so hard. They just don't do well. What, what stocks, what group of stocks does well in a rising interest rate environment or a high interest rate environment? That would be value stocks. And if you just look, you'll see they've done very well. Now, this stock is getting much more reasonable based on its earnings and growth of earnings for the next couple of years. So uh, it's got some good prospects, but I just don't think I'd be in a rush. It's still falling back. might go back down to $40 a share. I'd be, I'd be cautious at this point. We're heading to break. I welcome your financial investment questions, everybody. Call 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap, because there's a lot of regulatory risk. Here. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24-7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888-99-CHART. Every Invest Talk podcast is made better by your questions. So don't forget to call. And if you've never called, 
Justin and Steve are waiting now for your finance and investment questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go talk to Sid. Sid in North Carolina. Hi, Sid. Hi, Steve. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call and Thank thanks you. for all the guidance. Thank you. Yes. I like to discuss about Alcoa. I think you and Justin discussed in the past. Looks like I had a great opportunity to sell this stock around when the price was 98 uh-huh. or 90 plus. And yeah. I was holding good profit and that was the year when all other stocks were falling and this was holding well. Now, unfortunately, it has come down to my buying point. Right. Do you think still it's a good stock for the long term that I should hold or maybe add more at this price? Well, it Thank is. You for a, your opinion. Oh, thanks for the call, Sid. It is a good stock for the long term, but it does have that volatility. Now, Alcoa, everybody knows who Alcoa is. It's $6.3 billion company, so it's pretty big. Engaged in mining of uh Butex, aluminum, alumin, alumina, uh, uh, cast, aluminum cast products, rolled products, and energy globally. Uh, they're going to make uh, $0.95 cents a share this year, which is a big downturn from last year, $4.58 a share. Then next year, it's going to bounce back to $3.75. So it's going to come back at $3.75. That makes this stock about an 8 P.E. Now, that's not the lowest it's been, but that's pretty low. Return on equity is very healthy at 18%. Cash flow is very healthy at $8.40 a share. They don't have much debt. So all those things are really positive. Alcoa is a well-run company. It is a very cyclical company. And the reason why it's come down is because of the economic cycle appears to most people as to be coming down. We're on the downside of the economic cycle. And, of course, Alcoa, all stocks, before the numbers, you see that downturn in economics slow down, stocks fall, and they fell last year. Because the expectations for is for the economy to slow down this year because of the rise of interest rates. So, if you, as it said, if you held on to it through this economic cycle, it will peak again. But if you, you what you need to do is the next time it peaks – you don't have to sell it all, but at least take some off the table. If I can teach anybody anything is when you're really, really happy about your stock, take some off the table. Doesn't mean you have to get rid of it, especially if it's a good company, it's not overvalued. But take something off the table to, you know, that's what we talk when we talk about rebalancing your portfolio. Usually that means selling the stocks that have done really, really well and maybe buying more of the stocks that haven't done so well, but are very solid still. And then get rid of the stocks that have done poorly because the, the economic outlook for that company is poor. You get rid of that one. Okay, so I, the only problem I don't like Malco, it only pays a 1.1% dividend. They should be paying more than that. We're headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we love taking live questions. So we're live now. Our number is, never changes, and it is 888-99-CHART. Here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99 chart. Okay, we are our focus point today. And look, we're looking at a story uh, entitled 
One billionaire investor is sounding alarm. Now, uh, just, just, I guess I'm not a billionaire, and me sounding alarm doesn't mean much because I've been sounding the same alarm for a long, uh, pretty, uh, pretty much all this year, at least. Uh, so my focus point is it, the the billionaire we're talking about is Vice Chairman Berkshire Hathaway, and and that's uh, Mr. Munger. Munger, you know, he's you know how old he is. He's pretty old. He's in his 90s. Um, but he's still with it, man. He's sharp as a tack. Okay, so what he's sounding an alarm about is commercial real estate and the banks. Okay, remember I several weeks ago I talked about there's like $2 trillion uh, out there in loans, commercial loans to commercial property. And those commercial loans, 80% of those commercial loans are with Smaller banks, small and mid-sized banks, not the big guys. So those two, eighty percent of that two trillion is coming due in the next two years. All has to be refinancing, and banks have tightened up. And one of my talking points is about one of the banks that was taken over by J.P. Morgan announced today, First Republic, and not because J.P. Morgan wanted to. Their arms were twisted by the government. But back to the commercial banks, and obviously with you know they, with COVID and everybody being ordered to stay home, this is one of the one of the uh, unintended consequences from shutting down our economy, which in hindsight seems awful stupid. And if you remember right, if you listened to the show during that shutdown, we were saying it was a mistake then. Shutting down the entire economy was a mistake. It's a mistake and was a mistake. And we look back and obviously it was because it didn't stop or slow down the spread of COVID. Neither did the vaccine, but that's a whole nother object. We're talking about just the effect on our economy. So when they shut down the whole economy, everybody started working from home, which is justifiable. Okay. But then coming when we open back up, well, all of a sudden, many people still stayed home and still are home today. So there's commercial real estate is not, you know, it's not needed, not as much as it was. And therefore, you're seeing a real problem with banks with empty properties or half empty properties and companies getting rid of half their office space because they don't need it anymore. So you compound that with now the commercial bank crisis we're having and just to be honest, the banks didn't do necessarily anything wrong. The crisis is the Fed raising rates, and they were sitting on long-term, long-term treasuries. And as interest rates rose, as treasuries got worth less and less and less. And those banks who didn't hedge their bets with those long-term treasuries started to lose money. Then, then you have keep people panicking and taking their money out of the banks causing more problems, and that's where we are today. And we're not done. The Fed's going to raise rates tomorrow. Will interest rates keep rising? If they do, more and more banks are going to get more and more trouble. That's what we're dealing with, and that's what Charlie Munger is all worried about, commercial real estate and banks lending to it. And you've told you if you've listened to the show, I've been saying quite some, quite, quite some time now, stay away from banks. As an investment, people think that, oh, they're cheap, they're cheap, they're cheap. Yes, some of the banks are really cheap, and there's going to be winners. There are, but there's going to be a lot of losers, too. 
They got too much debt on their books and too much long-term. And you don't know which one's which. I can't tell you, you know, which bank has the most long-term treasuries will when have the lowest, uh, you know, the, the most impact from raising interest rates and or which banks have the highest exposure to real estate that's more becoming more and more empty, not paying rents. I can't tell you which ones those are. So stay away from banks. Now, not all banks. They're really huge banks. Like, you know, I'm, I don't have too much trouble with them, but they got to be gigantic, gigantic. Okay, let's go back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, hello. Uh, I'm thinking of buying some shares of this stock. Uh, I would love to hear your opinion on owning this stock. The stock is SCCO. Again, SCCO. Thank you so much. I think you're a little late to the game for Southern Copper, SCCO. Uh, out of Phoenix, Arizona, engaged in mining of copper and operates mining, smelting, and refining facilities in Peru, Mexico. It's going to make $3.81 this year, $4.51 next year. That's the estimates. Uh, it, the sales growth is flat, uh, most likely because the price of copper is flat. The only thing I like about this company is it pays a 4.6% dividend. That is a healthy dividend. They have a great return on equity. I like that too, 33%. They have some debt, but not, not, not such amount of debt that wouldn't worry me too much. But they're right at their old high. They're at $76.82. It's been there two times before, and each time it's fall off, fallen off that high. Uh, I expect it to fall off again. So you're a little late. Wait for a pullback. And I do like the company itself. It's Trivia Tuesday, so let's get to it, everybody. Is there any American today who has not heard of Costco? Costco membership warehouses? The company has an interesting history, and most Costco investors have done well. As we go to break, here is my multi-part trivia question. How much was a Costco membership at their first store in 1983? And when did Costco go public? Finally, how many Costco members are there worldwide? And I will supply the answers after this break. My Invest Talk phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question about Costco, everybody's favorite store, I'm assuming. And uh, was uh, what, the question was, uh, how much was Costco membership when it first opened in 1983? When did Costco go public? And finally, how Costco members are... How many Costco members are there worldwide? So it was 19, let's see, if I remember right, yeah. It, do you remember Price Price Club? That was out of San Diego. I grew up in San Diego, and I remember Price Club very well. Well, what happened is there, the Price Club kind of spawned the idea of Costco, and a couple of guys that worked not at Price Club, but it's it's founding company, which was a company called, what was that name of the company? Uh, I forgot. Okay. 
FedMart or something. I don't remember exactly. Anyways, the very first Costco warehouse opened in Seattle, Washington on September 15, 1983. And Costco that first year, it was only open to uh, businesses, small businesses. And that store, first store, was only 100,000 square feet, which is pretty small for Costco. Okay? And it costs $25 a year to be a member. By a year later, 1984, they had 200,000 members. Less than a year after that, Costco began to expand across the Pacific Northwest. Costco founders understood they had to expand quickly to stay ahead of the competition, especially after Walmart announced it was going to it was going to uh, open Sam's Club stores. Costco filed for an IPO. 1985, December 1985, almost you know, just before 1986, went public at $10 a share. Do you realize if you bought $10 a share back then, just the one share, that share would be worth $138,768 today. Well, in 2018, not today. Okay, by 1986, Costco was a billion-dollar company, had 17 locations, 1.3 million members. Okay. They needed to grow. They needed to grow fast. They they wanted to stay ahead of the the, the competition. So you fast forward today, Costco has 851 warehouse locations, and they have a really thriving online business. I'm sure you've gotten many of their little little booklets to tell you what they sell online. Costco revenue is 234 billion dollars a year. Costco has 123 million members worldwide. And in 2023, Costco has 304,000 employees, 203,000 of those working in the U.S. Okay, Uh, the average annual sales per warehouse is $192 million. Okay, how much is that per day? Half a million dollars a day. That's what they do. Today, the average Costco customer spends about $100 per trip. I was there today, matter of fact. And where's the busiest Costco? Hawaii. Uh, on all the island, uh, on all of the island Oahu, half the residents shop at Costco. So the store is so busy that its entire, and the store is so busy that its entire inventory is gone about two times each month. The whole inventory rolls over twice a month. Isn't that interesting? Man, I would have never guessed Hawaii, by the way. I just, I don't, yeah, I just wouldn't. So when people take the time to leave an Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to get, thank them with a courtesy effort to get to their questions quickly. So this is from Clont12. How much cash? I often hear about the big investors like Warren Buffett sitting on large amounts of cash. I don't typically hear average investors talk about doing that. Seems most of us think we should have all our available investable funds in the market. What percentage of our portfolios should be held in cash? Well, that changes over time. Everybody, it, you just you don't you don't know for sure what you should have any one time in history. And some of it has to relate it relates to you. How much cash do you feel comfortable having, or that your needs for the cash? But if you're a typical investor and you want to be in the market most of the time, uh, you would never be out more than, I would say, 20 to 25% cash. You'd never have more than that. 
You're mostly invested. And then that 20, 25% of cash is for investing, not for just sitting in cash for investing, you know, at an opportune time. And the opportune time is at the depth of a recession. Now, we talked about Berkshire Hathaway sitting on what? I think it was, it's billions of dollars. I know how it's billions. Okay. And they're sitting on it. Why? Not because they don't want to be invested, because they can't find enough value stocks they want to invest in. I think uh, Warren Buffett's most recent purchase or recent purchases is in one of the, I think it was Occidental Petroleum. You know, I think that, that's, you know, billions of dollars into that one stock, by the way, a lot. So, so it, it, I can't answer the question specifically because I need to know what you feel comfortable with. And everybody has to ask that of themselves. How, what do I feel comfortable with? And, you know, uh, at this time, I would have more cash than normal simply because, you know, we might have opportunities for better pricing. Last year, we had a 20% correction in the S&P 500. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised we have another correction this year. And that's a correction to invest. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We got a jobs opening report today, and there's 9.6 million of them, open jobs. And that sounds like a lot, right? And it is more than normal. But last month, and this is, by the way, this is for March. February, it was 9.9 million. Before that, it was over 10. This 9.6 is as low as it's been since April of 2021. Or stood at 9.3. That, so we're okay, we're now at a two year low. Two year low. Still high though. Still high. But what also has changed is, um, is a decrease in new hires, a slight decrease in new hires. Okay, um, so we will see. We shall see. Remember, tomorrow we're having the Fed's fund, Fed's report. Uh, they're meeting today. They'll probably increase the Fed's fund rate by a quarter percent. So look for that tomorrow. Now, that quarter percent is what's built into the marketplace. So everybody's expecting that. If it's different than that, then you might have a reaction from the market. But if it's not, then I don't think you need to even think about it or worry about it. Now, for those who may be new to Invest Talk, let me assure you that I'm always careful with our straight, unbiased answers. We're always very careful. I don't have an agenda. We've mentioned that many times. And most of the questions that drive your questions are what drive the show, drive the, the podcast, not me. And one thing I can say for sure today's Invest Talk situation is very different, okay? So I mentioned at the op- uh, beginning of the show, it's different. You have to understand it's different, okay? Focus on what's going to be happening and focus on the fact that we're going to have higher inflation, higher interest rates, pretty much for the foreseeable future, okay? Inflation has come down a little bit, it has. The Fed, Federal Reserve wants a, has a target of two and a half percent inflation. We're not going to see that. I can't. I can't. We're not going to see that. I think the inflation rates might settle at four, four between four and five percent. It might get down there. I think it will, but that's much higher than it has been. We had no inflation at one point not that long ago. Don't expect that. It's not going to happen. Okay. 
888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Time to give us a call. Uh, again, 888-99-CHART. Now we're going to, okay, we're going to go to Bill. Hi, Bill in Northern California. How are you doing? Oh, that was quick. Hey, Steve, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, hey, before I ask you about my stock, uh, I was just curious. Do you guys, do you guys uh, work out of the office, or do you guys uh, work remotely from home? So we, we do both. We do both. Uh, so, uh, there's always somebody in the office, and we rotate uh, in and out of the office. Most people get two days out of the office and three days in the office that work in my office. So we kind of oh, rotate. Nice. And that was all that, before show? COVID. Yeah. We yeah, were in the, the office studio? every day. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again. Oh. Do you have to go to the studio to the studio for the radio show, or you do that from the office? I actually do that from my home remotely. I do it from my oh, home. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I have a, an office in my home with, you know, all the radio equipment set up and everything. And then we have the engineer who's in San Diego, and then we have the director. He's in Nevada of the show. <laughs> so, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's it works. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It, I really, huh. it's interesting. It is. So you want to talk about, was it Citigroup, I think it is? Yeah, Citibank, yeah, Citigroup. City I, I bought some of them uh, last year, you know, it was down so much. And I bought it, you know, as just, I was trying to get into dividend stocks and diversify. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have a reasonably moderate exposure there. And I just wonder, you know, what you thought of it. I just figured it's like a long-term hold until things improve, but. I think it's a good. I think it was a good choice. Citigroup is a ninety billion dollar company. It's not small. It's huge. Out of New York, global holding company offering banking, investment, insurance, and credit card services. Like all that, and, you know, it's not just strictly, you know, buying real estate and selling real estate or fun, or loaning money for real estate. That's not what they only do. They're going to make six dollars and forty seven cents next year after making six oh three this year. And it's a forty-six dollar stock, so you got a PE of what around seven? Okay, pretty low, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how low Not can bad, you? Huh? Yeah, and it pays a four point four percent dividend now. And return of equity is a little low at seven, but uh, you know it's got pretty good sales growth in the most recent quarter. Seventy-five percent growth in sales in the most recent quarter to two point one billion dollars. Yeah. Okay, so I think if you hold it here, it will go back to the. $70, $80 mark, and you'll have a great uh, uh, great time receiving the dividends and a very good, you know, capital appreciation when it does. And if it takes two years, so what? It takes three years, so what? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, I like it. Okay. It's a good choice, Bill. Well, you're, you're a confidence builder there. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't worry too much about it. It's going <laughs> to flood. You know, the banking crisis is going to hold it down, but it won't have the problems. It may be the one buying or cheap other other banks' assets, you know, which is a positive for them. Right. right. So so don't don't worry about yeah, it too much. Well, okay. Thanks for the thank call, you, Bill. Yes, appreciate the call. The more caller questions we fit into the podcast, the better your learning experience will be. So let's go ahead and to another question that came in on the West Hog Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Jacob from Michigan. I'm a longtime listener with a question about the term fair value. So I have a Morningstar report by David Schwartz on VF, which is the company that owns the North Face Vans and Timberland brands. 
VF shares are valued at $23.50 currently, and the company pays out about a 7% dividend annually. But Schwartz's report argues that VF's fair value is $60. So is Schwartz actually arguing that VF should go from $23.50 a share to $60 per share, while still paying out a 7% dividend annually within the next like three to five years? Because that just seems very optimistic to me. So I'm just wondering exactly what we mean by fair value. And maybe if you could give me your take on VF, that'd be very helpful. Thank you so much for your help. VF Corporation manufactures branded jeanswear, outdoor apparel, sportswear, athletic apparel, and occupational apparel. It's an $8.5 billion company. They're going to make $2.08 this year, $2.19 next year, after making $3.18 a share last year. Uh, they do. They pay a 5.5% dividend based on a $21.79 stock. That's where it is today. Uh, so if you bought it today, you can expect to get 5.5% on your money this year, next year, the year after, if they keep paying the same level of dividend. Okay? Uh, they have free cash flow of $3.90. Return on equity is very good at 38%. They have a bit more debt than I'm comfortable with. Um but you ask about what's fair value. And so what they there's a lot of computation on Morningstar's uh, calculation of what fair value is um, and how they determine fair value. Uh, and right now, this stock and a lot of other uh, apparel companies are, have been suffering because of the uh, pullback in the market last year, and they're still struggling because they're, you know the recession probably appears sometime this year. Remember, we had a technically a recession last year. We had two quarters in a row with shrinkage of GDP. So technically, we had a recession, but it wasn't it wasn't an employment recession. Employment stayed pretty high still, and we're having the same thing happening today. And I mentioned a, a earnings recession for corporations, and we might have that uh, uh, this earnings season. Well, we'll know better in, when the earnings season's over. But for this company, what's fair value? They can calculate all kinds of things, how much debt they have, what's their earnings per share, their sales, uh, per, their sales per year. For instance, it's, they're going to sell $3.5 billion in sales this most recent quarter, and that's higher than the last two years in each quarter. So their sales have grown really strongly. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, they use that price-to-sales ratio as well. Book value is two and a half times. They do calculate book value, and they also calculate, you know, the uh, turnover or inventory return, over or inventory turnover, nine point five percent, nine point five times per year. Very good. So all those factors are used to calculate what fair value is, and probably more. They probably have some proprietary stuff we don't know about. Okay. On the next investor, the story behind this question. Is the IRS really hiring an army of auditors? We shall see, but the IRS hired 5,000 phone assistants in advance of this year's filing system season, and it has further plans to update its technology. That's tomorrow, everybody. We're going to talk about that. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free 
if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hi, guys. My name is Matt from Florida. I love the show. The stock I'm asking about is JXN Jackson Financial. I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Thank you. Okay, this is kind of a different and unusual company, Jackson Financial. Well, not in its business sense, but in the valuation sense. Offers retirement planning and annuity products, helping clients protect their retirement savings and income. It's a $2.8 billion company. came public in, in 2021, so it's not very old. In September, actually, or September, October, somewhere in there. Uh, and it came public at like a $27 or so. Today it's at 34 Got as high as close to 50 before it fell down. Um, and it fell down because of financial crisis or potential financial crisis. Pays a 6.4% dividend. It's going to make $18.37 a share next year, up 11% from this year. And it's only a $34 stock, so it looks really cheap. That's a 2 PE, right? Right? I mean, less than 2P. 2P. The five-year P.E. range, even though it's only been public a couple of years, is one to six. So the P.E. range is very low for this company. Return to equities, 15%. Very good. Management owns 1% of the company. Mutual funds own 64%. Okay? Uh, cash flow is very high at $48.95 a share. Sales in the most recent quarter dropped 122%, but before that, sales were growing over 100% in the previous three quarters, four, three or four quarters, okay, that they had numbers for. So it's one of those stocks that, man, it looks really cheap, and, uh, you know, maybe it's a good bargain, uh, but it hasn't been around long enough to really have much history, so I don't know if that's a, a low PE for this company. It, it seems low. Has good return on equity, not much debt, some debt, but pays a really high dividend. So you could take a shot at it. It just realize it could be very volatile. It could be very volatile. Um, you know, so just be prepared for that. And I would, you know, I'd have to dig into the financials a little bit to figure out. You know, announced that it was going to repurchase four hundred fifty million dollars worth of its stock which is not bad for a $2.8 million company. So that's good numbers. It does. JXN, Jackson Financial. 888-99 chart. So we all know about Silicon Valley Bank, right? Uh, uh, banks are still a problem. J.P. Morgan has recently, be, today, announced buying First Republic Bank. Remember, Silicon Valley Bank went under... Signature Bank was seized by the FDIC, and then First Republic would have went under and seized by FDIC, but J.P. Morgan was arm-twisted by the federal government and FDIC, FDIC to purchase this bank, okay? And the FDIC, by the way, ha- is guaranteeing uh, and backing up J.P. Morgan's buy with $13 billion. So J.P. Morgan's not taking a lot of... Not a, Chances, not taking a lot of risk. Okay. Jamie Diamond, Jamie Diamond, who is the CEO of JP Morgan, made it very clear several times today that it wasn't his or the or JP Morgan's idea to do this. They didn't really want to do it. So the the powers to be kind of forcing a purchase. So this is now three banks now. Uh, how many more banks are we going to have problems with? See, I don't think the banking crisis is over. This is why I keep telling you, don't buy banks. 
it's you know it's not the time to do it unless it's going to be huge huge safe institutions like J.P. Morgan. I don't know if I buy it today, J.P. Morgan, because I haven't looked at the numbers, but I would be very, very careful about that. Okay? Also, working skills, there's a big working skills gap, according to most experts. Where are the gaps? What kind of gaps? Well, they listed 10. Creative thinking, analytical thinking, tech literacy, curiosity, and lifelong learning uh, systems thinking, artificial intelligence and data uh, gathering, motivation and talent management, service-oriented and customer service. These are all areas they say are lacking. Leadership, social influence. On the employees that are available, they say they're lacking these skills. Now, I don't know how you measure those skills, but you know, that's what they say. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Invest Out program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast download, and you can get it at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you do get it at, at uh, iTunes, please rate us. We would love a rating. Thank you. And we have uh, just past 52 million downloads. We appreciate that. Thank you for it. Remember, follow Invest Talk on social media. Follow us, Invest Talk, with two T's, no space. Independent thing, share success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Have a good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.